Hello and welcome back to this next episode in the Package Builder season of TM Podcast Black Belt Edition. This is our podcast about detailed topics of transportation management. Today is the 18th of November of 2020. My name is Felipe Hernandez Plazas and I will be your host for this seventh episode. Marcos, we have you uh, back as our expert guest. Welcome back. Welcome. And as we um, told you, yeah, the last time that we had the session, we will be deep diving um, the package builder core logic. We will continue where we left off. What we um, looked at last uh, session was the interface method of the package builder class where we have the main logic. We looked at the various methods that uh, process the logic, including some minor enhancement spots. And we also said that we wanted to go into more details of the more relevant methods, which is the collect items relevant method, where we, um, among others, do the full package determination and also the execute consolidation method. And to start off, we would then prepare a small example, which we will debug. And uh, Marcos, if you agree, we would then open the test report. Go ahead. Which we can open with the transaction SCMB. Was it test PB? Correct. Test underscore PB. And in this system, and, and we see, and we have already shown uh, you this report also in one of the podcasts of the TM podcast episodes, we can define the package building profile and we can also define the input for the package builder. So in this system... You should use one of our demo scenarios. So it should be something with LRD. LRD, okay. So local and regional distribution scenario. Local and regional. You should select maybe one where the optimizer is activated for the detailed mixed package building. Okay, this looks like it. It is called PBPBO. PBO stands for Package Builder Optimizer. This is what we use internally to shorten this name. Yeah. And remember, uh, dear listeners, you will not find this profile in your system. <laughs> That's true. We are so not, not delivering different. it. Yeah, it's just our internal test profile. And we should then also select a corresponding product, maybe something that starts also with LRD. We have some beverages here. Yeah, maybe one of the uh, 375 milliliter can products. Okay, so we have um, a case of cans. And we know that um, should we start with one... Um, one quantity first with uh, just a minor or should... No, I would propose that we start with a quantity that fills a complete package and one remaining leftover item that goes into the consolidation. Okay, so what would be the full package quantity of such a product? It's 100. I know it from the top of my head because it's the most important product uh, in this <laughs> scenario. Okay, we use it lots, a lot for testing. But, uh, Markus, if you were um, someone not familiar with the product, what would you use or what would you do to find out the full package quantity just a, as a refresher? So, um, to really dig into the details of the package building scenario, I would always, as you have recommended, to run the package builder test report with okay. just a single piece or case mm -hmm. um, execute the package building then you find the uh, on the result display screen uh, all of the required informations uh, so what did the package builder pick up uh, regarding the package type assignment you find the detailed messages but you also in the result tree have the option to jump directly into the product and remember Within the product, there is the full quantity definition based on the unit of measure. So if we would do that, we can uh, navigate into the product and find out if the 100 cases per package is correct. Understood. And you don't have to enter the unit of measure here. Okay, so you just define the quantity and it will take the base unit of measure directly. Good, so now we will then um, start with the run so um, i would propose that we run uh, it with 101 okay 101 as you said the full package quantity is 100 mm -hmm. so uh, we will run it first without debugger just to look at the result correct good okay so uh, we're running it 
Remember if um, we have also the optimizer active and in the result we get exactly two packages, which are uh, pellets back. One of them has the quantity of 100 of these cases of cats and the other one has the leftover of one can. What can we um, first identify by looking at this? Well, you can see from the quantity of the pellets uh, if it's built using the full quantity uh, of the product. So if it's one CPL, uh, so one unit of measure for the for the pellet, uh, in a in a pretty straightforward scenario, just containing one item, you can be sure that uh, for this uh, the quantity was applied. And then you find lots of uh, uh, attributes. Uh, that the package builder has determined and are handed over to the application to uh, persist it in, in the business document. Okay, so you mentioned that having a quantity of one of the unit of measure of the package is an indication already that it's a full package. Is, is it something that we can rely on? Is it always like that? Or is there another indicator that, that we can be sure of whether something is a full package or not? There's also an incompletion indicator per item. Okay, but uh, it's safe to say that um, in, in most of the cases, if not all of them, if we have just uh, one, that it's a full package. Correct. Good. So, um, then so now we know in that example, uh, we have a single item. We have a single item that uh, is split in that scenario, so into a quantity fitting onto a full pallet. We have a leftover quantity that goes alone, so... The last case goes alone onto an incomplete pallet. We don't have a packaging uh, hierarchy, so it's not a product into carton, carton onto pallet scenario, and we do not have multiple items that uh, in the consolidation come together. Great. Then I would set the, our first breakpoint in our podcast. It will be done in the interface method of the package builder class which is called build packages, you remember it, and I would do it, I don't mean you, Marcus, of course, I mean our listeners, um, and I would put the breakpoint uh, at the beginning, just to... Yep. Then we can do a short recap, uh, rushing through the first uh, functions, but I can uh, repeat what I've said in one of the previous podcasts. That's a good idea. Let's do that. So the breakpoint is set. And I can, in from our results screen in our PB report, test report, I can just re-execute the same example. The debugger is starting and we are now in line four of our build packages yeah. function. As so, good Marcus. coding standard, uh, the exporting parameters are initialized uh, as the ABAP coding guidelines uh, tell us to do. Um, and then comes the message handler initialization. So for each run, uh, we need to refresh uh, the, the, the message table uh, and prepare also the analysis of the package builder run. Then comes uh, in line 14, the get PB profile. So we access the uh, definitions uh, from the package building profile, uh, hand it uh, over to an enhancement spot to enable uh, adjustments depending on the customer scenario um, and we transfer it into an internal format for yeah, performance processing um, and then we continue and now we are in the uh, phase of the item handling again we hand it over into an uh, enhancement spot enabling the customer to adjust uh, what the application has passed uh, into the package builder um, then comes in line 32, the determine changed items, what actually uh, collects uh, all of the master data related identifiers to do a mass access uh, for those master data instances. Uh, it determines also all potentially relevant package type assignments. 
so this is basically the data collector uh, and it also applies some basic checks for the items that are handed over. So for example, if an item doesn't have a quantity supplied, actually the application of course calling the package builder should already check that, but the package builder for robustness sake also does that. Um, so it will filter out all of the items that can anyway not be not not be processed and not be packaged and would put it uh, back into the result uh, as unchanged actually okay so in our case we have actually just the one item that we had this as input our 101 cases of can mm -hmm. and after this method determine changed items that you just explained mm -hmm. So the What do we have? Yeah, so the package builder data class holding all of the relevant definitions, combining the customizing and the master data uh, is filled now. Um, this is actually for the uh, decoupling of the data access from the functional processing of the package builder, what is for me a very essential architectural concept uh, that this is not mixed so that you don't read the data when you need it, but you prepare the data access to have a performant mass access to, to those data uh, and also to make it visible what the functionality is based on. Uh, and it also contains, um, uh, as a result, um, the items, not the, uh, not the data object, so if you go back, uh, but it also contains uh, now the filtered Uh, table of the items current to be processed and in case it would have filtered out it also contains the final result in the items changed but uh, we are interested now in the uh, LTE items current and now comes uh, now we are through with the data access so after this point I do not expect the package builder to access anything externally uh, in addition so we have everything at hand and then we go into the collect items relevant what from a name uh, is a little bit historically grown uh, so the functional scope of that uh, method has grown so in the beginning um, um, it does actually per item identify uh, the relevant target package assignment so as a product do I go into a carton or as a product do I go onto a pallet Uh, it then combines this with the required settings coming from the package building profile, coming from the package type assignment, and also all of the attached uh, profiles that we have discussed in the previous podcast and brings it all together in the so-called item split factor. So this item split factor structure defines completely how an item should behave during the packaging so that all of the following uh, logic only uh, checks into this item split factor when it requires uh, yeah, guidance how, how to package the item. So we should we jump into this yep. method? Okay, right. so we are in line 43 of the build packages method. Now we jump into collect items relevant. Our importing parameter would be the items current. Okay, so again, we are clearing the exporting parameters and then we start with a loop through the items current. Right. So in this functional processing, all items are handled completely separated. So there's no relation between those items. So all of the items, first of all, in line uh, 26, we uh, collect the split factor per item that I've already explained. Um, and in there, there are two enhancement spots available, giving the customer per item the chance to manipulate what the package builder in standard has determined. Uh, so we know some customers uh, working with their own logic um, when determining the target package material, but we also have customers adjusting then the final setting structure, so the item split factor itself. So of course, if... Um, No item split factor can be determined, so no target package type exists, then the processing for this item is done and the item will be handed over uh, back into the result as unpackaged item. Can we take a quick look at what the split factor contains as, as like we can do that. example fields? So I will run then uh, over this method collect split factor item at line 26 for our 101 cases. And if I open this split factor structure, 
then we see um, several fields. So, Markus, can you tell us what we see? So, you see the uh, reference to the item f uh, to which the split factor belongs in the item key. That is pretty obvious. You find the quantity for the item. Then come the split quantity. So, what is the full package quantity? Uh, and don't get confused that there are three split quantities available. So, this is just uh, for logics where this quantity needs to be adjusted. So, we have the split quantity that is defined in the material. So, this is the original value. Then we have the split quantity that the package builder actually uses during the processing. And when can this be different? Well, if there is a logic that, for example, uh, your typical um, full quantity is 100 cases per pallet, but the receiving customer only allows uh, all of the pallets arriving at his warehouse to be 1.2 meters, for example, and you cannot fit the 100 cases uh, onto there, then you need to de do a detopping. Um, For example, only 80 pieces fit then onto this palette, then this would be reflected in here. And it also um, yeah, remembers this, that uh, a limit has been applied. Okay, great. So then we have also things like the reference material for this, uh, is for this product or for the package? That's for the product. That's for the product. Then come all of the fields uh, starting with PKG. Uh, which is the reference uh, to the package material to be applied. Um, and it ho also holds, for example, uh, the limits for this uh, per item. So it can be different per item. Uh, it um, uh, also has things like the equipment group and the equipment type. Uh, then next to that come um, the fields and attributes of a full quantity package. So how high is it? What is the weight for that? Um, then we have fields. Uh, and remember, since TM 9.6, we have the option to not only link a product to a single target package material, but we also have a link to uh, a mixed target package material. So if you have a full quantity, it, for example, goes onto a Euro palette. But if you... Uh, have a leftover quantity, then this, for example, goes into a pallet cage, just to give an example. And all of those attributes are here in the split uh, uh, in the split factor structure. And you see that uh, if you browse through that, you find plenty of attributes uh, because packaging can be complicated. There are many relations to, uh, for example, package materials or PB settings. Um, Yeah, but okay. this is the one and only spot to take a look if an item behaves inc uh, incorrect. Okay, and we do not have to fill all of them, or at least, I mean, we, we do not fill all of them. Is it also like the other axis that you um, described? Is it also something that is filled once and then mostly not changed, or will this be This changed? will never be changed. Okay, so the split factor after yep. this point yep. is pretty yep. static. Yep. So that would be the best point to look at yeah. the at the split factor. So this is not adjusted. If something needs to be adjusted, it always happens on the item itself. Okay. Okay. That's quite interesting. So good. So this was actually the functional scope of that method when it was designed. And then due to performance analysis, uh, I figured out that it would be beneficial to now also do the first step of the packaging because we already process the item. We know the target package material. We know is there a full quantity available to create such a package. Then why not create it right now? Okay, so you mean in this loop, while you have right. adjusted or collected the split factor for an item, yeah. you could say, just let's do the, the this logic yeah. now. Okay, yeah, correct. And that happens in line uh, 38, apply item split factor. Mm -hmm. uh, and that actually takes a look at the quantity that the item uh, um, has supplied. Uh, it compares this with the uh, determined full quantity and then it um, if the uh, quantity of the item is sufficient to create one or multiple uh, full quantity packages it will already do that and as a result of uh, this method you find in the changing parameters um, 
Potential Item Results, the packages with their package details. So remember for all of the packages that the package builder creates, it fills also an additional information table regarding capacities, limits, uh, to determine the utilization per package. Uh, and it also, if the item cannot be completely packaged because the quantity deviates from a full quantity palette, like in our example. So my expectation after uh, that method has been executed, that we find uh, a result palette, we find a result item having the quantity of 100 cases, and also the leftover quantity, what is a single case of the product, should be handed over into the consolidation. So we tell now the package builder, well, you have created already some results. They are final, nothing to do with them any longer, but you also have to execute the consolidation to check if it can become, if that single quantity can be combined with something else. And remember at that point, we don't know if there is something else. In our example, it's not, but for of course more realistic scenarios, uh, Typically, you have more than just one item. So understood. And as you mentioned, the expectation in our ET items result would be then two entries. As you pointed out, we have the package and we have uh, the product with 100 cases. There's a flag called skip consolidation for the product. Um, and I mean, also the, the, the information. And this structure is no longer... Um, Okay, but it's the same item structure that we have also for the input items at this stage, right? Correct. Do we have uh, adjusted what was written in the input item? No, the input item is not adjusted. Okay, so the quantity... Um, okay, so what we know as a leftover quantity uh, information for the further logic will just be contained in the so-called consolidation group that you mentioned. That's correct. And we can take a quick look at this uh, table. So internal processing table, uh, the structure of the consolidation group is actually that it represents items that can never go together. So items in the later processing will only be combined if they are in the same consolidation group. What the package builder um, does here is It separates, for example, items coming from different business documents, uh, going to different customers, not allowing mixed customer packages. Um, so this is really the hard separation. In our easy example, of course, there is only one consolidation group. And then if we drill down a little bit deeper, um, and I will not go too much into detail here, but from a structural point of view that you um, know how to drill down if you really want to analyze it from a technical structure, the most important next level is the package hierarchy groups. That, that represents actually the level of the packaging that you are on. So in a, a scenario where you have a product carton pallet scenario where you also allow other products directly going to the pallet you need to know on which level you are actually packaging because of course you need to first cartonize uh, all of the products so on the lower level of the item hierarchy that later those cartons can go together with products directly going to the pallet so this is essential to know where you are on the packaging level and also to give the package builder later the chance to sequence the processing of uh, of those packaging levels it's meant with level the the level the tree distance in the tree from the top bottom yeah. so right. level one would be the top packages And the level two would be then the cartons so or the products in this palette? Is yeah, it like that? kind of. There are many more specifics for the internal processing, how this sequence number is determined. But yes, it's kind of the distance from the top. Okay. Good. And then um, the next level would be the packaging groups. The packaging groups actually represent not the hard grouping, but the soft grouping. So... I would, in my scenario, prefer, for example, all of the CAN products together. I prefer all of my products being packaged in plastic bottles 
go together. So the package builder will, for the soft grouping, always try to create a reasonably well-utilized result package. It will analyze this result package, and if it's good enough, it will take it over into the result, and the items are then finally packaged. But if it's not well-utilized, it will kind of go to the next level of the soft grouping. So remember, we discussed the... Uh, material hierarchy for the packaging that reflects uh, a grouping option but we also have customer and location groupings that are um, yeah should create preferable uh, result palettes so the packaging groups are actually refl uh, reflecting the soft grouping mm -hmm. okay understood and, and if inside the this packaging groups yeah and if you drill down there you then find the item groups This is again a grouping on the item level. So for example, if you have multiple line items uh, containing the same product that should then go together, they will be aggregated uh, in, in the item groups in here. And this is basically, I think, the last level. This is a very complicated logic, um, but I think it's good for now to understand that even within the packaging groups ref uh, reflecting the soft grouping there is even one level uh, more but there may be criteria to better understand this complexity so for example one question would be if i have an item in an item group is it safe to say that this item will only be contained in this item group or yeah. can it appear in other item groups of other packaging groups no uh, i'm i mean if the result of a packaging group is not sufficient to take it over into the result, all of the items out of the item groups will be passed over to the next packaging group. But the old and already processed packaging group is then marked as finalized. So those items in those item groups are not relevant any longer. Those old packaging groups for analysis purpose, so to figure out <laughs> when the result was not as expected, are still there. When you debug the scenario, but it's not relevant any longer. Mm -hmm. So the, I mean, as you mentioned it, because it can change also this hierarchy depending on how the consolidation progresses. So in the first step we would have like a proposal or like a first view of this packaging uh, or consolidation group hierarchy but this is something that actually can and will change as the packaging evolves correct after this method we have uh, the consolidation groups so one or multiple and this is actually the starting point for the mixed package building that the package builder will then apply okay And a consolidation group, is there like a mapping? Can you say, okay, one consolidation group will equal one or more pellets or top-level packages? Or can, is this something that, no. that can be totally different in that the end? Can, that can be totally different. So this is only uh, from a data perspective the starting point to do the consolidation and to find out how many top-level packages, for example, are required to fulfill the packaging for a consolidation group. And to take the easy example, the application uh, does a mass processing and you click in the transportation cockpit of the transportation management solution, uh, you have selected two freight orders and you click on the button um, build packages. Of course, the items need to be separated because you build uh, the packages for one of the freight orders because the assignment is fixed and you build the packages for the second freight order this is executed in a single package builder course so the application can hand over all of the relevant items into the package builder separated by the document key so the root key of the problem um, and the package builder will then even if it's the same material the same customer whatever it will then create two consolidation groups Those will never go together, but from a performance point of view, you only need to access the, uh, the, the master data once, you only need to access the package building profile once, maybe you only need to call the optimizer itself uh, once. So all of the uh, reasons why to do a mass-enabled process uh, are relevant for the package building also, but those items will never go together because they are separated in the, in, the, in the consolidation groups. Okay, so just for me to summarize and, and try to understand what you just explained, if I try to 
apply this knowledge to our example. I would then say after this method apply item split factor, we have first firstly determined we have one full package for 100 cases. We have also created the corresponding item and they are also already part of the items result which will be handed back to the calling application. And we have also, besides of course the package details for this full package, we have already uh, created or prepared this consolidation groups table which will be then processed later on. And if I look at this consolidation groups, I will see one consolidation group firstly, or in other words, the item which will be part of this consolidation later on is our one case or one leftover case of product and it is part of an item group and the item group is part of a packaging group which is part of a package hierarchy group which is in itself part of this consolidation group. So and each one only has one because I mean we, we just need one to contain this item um, but if we had more items, if we had more maybe uh, soft groupings and if we had more um, freight orders, for example, we would have more or many um, of these groupings. And um, in the, let's say it in the more complex case, we would have several consolidation groups, each with their own tree of, of groups below it. Okay, if that's uh, more or less the, the, the image, then um, we can then, I guess, continue with the, the logic at this step. Is there something um, still left here in this method where we do this? Okay, so that's basically the purpose. We have, of course, some message handling and analyzer handling, but uh, more or less we are then ready to go into the next method in our interface method. Line 51, execute consolidation. So now we have created the full packages that um, could be built at that point in time. We have identified the quantity per item that needs to be yeah, placed on or in an incomplete palette and maybe potentially mixed. And that is why we go now into the consolidation logic. And of course, one of the parameters is our consolidation group table and also our items result table, which we will be filling, hopefully. Good. Right, so um, the first thing that the package builder, after some of the explanation messages, you will find uh, that in potentially all of uh, the functional methods that we have that we need to kind of explain in the explanation mode uh, what we are actually doing. But from a functional point of view, the first thing that we need to do is in line 22 um, to figure out if we are in a scenario where we have a packaging hierarchy, so product into carton, carton onto pallet. And if that is the case, the package builder would now determine the correct sequence of the package hierarchy groups. Um, so to know that he needs to first cartonize and then only the palletization can happen to uh, not mix up things and maybe do not have... Um, all of the items available that are required for example for the palletization. This has been prepared in the package builder data object. Uh, so when we have accessed the target package type assignments and the master data material, um, this functionality already figures out is there a packaging hierarchy required or not. And there it gives some sequence uh, level indicators that are now transferred in the real required packaging because at the, at the stage of the master data access, you do not know if you really need it because, for example, if you have a full quantity uh, that completely answers the packaging, it might not be required at all. Okay, so that's actually something that's respected first. Even if I have a cartonization for a product, if the full package quantity criteria is first met, so we would not do cartonization for that product. Okay. Okay, so first, okay, we we fill or we add the information for the sequencing for processing for such a nested package hierarchy. 
Yeah, we can for now jump over this. It's just important that this coding uh, line is really uh, responsible for, for the sequencing of the packaging that actually has to happen. And then we can go to line 42. Okay, in, in our case, of course, we don't have something because our product does not contain some carton. Or it just has to... No, no package hierarchy. Okay. Uh, and for the listeners, it it would be maybe the next step if you really want to understand what the package builder does to then debug this with uh, maybe a product that first goes into a carton and then the carton onto the pallet, but with a, a single item still, and then comes the uh, more com complex scenario where you actually combine multiple items. Okay. Good. And then all of the magic happens in consolidate groups. That's line 42. Mm -hmm. So we jump into it. It has the same parameters as the as the execute consolidation. So we just pass them on here. Correct. And here is what I already explained. Each of the consolidation group is handled completely separate. Mm -hmm. So we loop over the consolidation groups and then we say consolidate this group. And consolidate this group uh, means actually process the level that you are currently on, considering the soft grouping, considering the package hierarchy level that is currently relevant for this group. So if we go into that method, we see that it loops over the uh, structure that we have just discussed. On top, we have the consolidation group, then the package hierarchy group, then the packaging group. And it, it drills down to the currently relevant level of the packaging groups. So it goes down there and it checks um, what is the current status. It only processes things that are not completely packaged yet. So the consolidation status should not be uh, finished. Um, and then it, it goes into the logic uh, that it currently needs to apply. Um, and maybe I discuss a little bit uh, with you what actually now happens. Uh, I don't know how deep we want to drill down into the actual packaging logic that is then applied. But the first thing that the package builder always tries to do, and remember currently so far we only have processed the items completely separated. So if the quantity of the single item was higher than the full package quantity, it has created a full quantity package. But we also support scenarios where, for example, there are two different line items having the same product. And then, of course, the customer expectation is also if the quantity of those items combined is higher than the full quantity palette that this also creates a full quantity palette. So this is the first time where multiple items are uh, checked together. So the first thing that the package builder always tries to do is to again apply the full quantity palette of in our example 100. So if we in the package builder test report would have had a second item with the very same product And for example, the first item had 60 pieces and the second item had 41 pieces. The expectation would actually be that the result looks completely similar, that you have a full quantity palette with 100 pieces of this product. Of course, split into the original items um, that you have supplied, but still the quantity on that palette would also be 100 uh, cases and then you would have one leftover item. And all of this happens here as a first step. So we combine multiple products. Uh, we prefer that it's the same product, but if you use a reference material where you say, for example, all of my can 375 milliliter products also have a full quantity pallet be because basically there's only a different product in it, but from a packaging uh, because they have the same dimensions and maybe a pretty similar weight, we also um, package it like it would be a, a full quantity pallet only containing a single product. So all of this happens here as a first um, yeah, mixed package building functionality. Okay, so to summarize, the full package quantity determination not only happens in the first uh, instance that we saw earlier 
in collect items relevant but also can happen here if we have another constellation that also would give a full package that's important and we also go into the mixed package um, part if enabled um, do we do the full package quantity before calling the optimizer? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All of this happens before we actually go in the real mixed consolidation package building mode. Um, so this came a little bit later. So uh, the result in our example is, of course, pretty obvious. Nothing happens. So <laughs> um, since we only have one case and we only have one item, Nothing can be combined that has not already been processed, but due to um, yeah more complex and more realistic scenarios, this is also executed here. But it actually checks very early um, if it has to do something or not. So, but you can skip this method now if you uh, are interested. You can run a scenario like I have explained: two line items, the same product. Then you will see uh, that the result of this method is going to be also a final result palette. And if you set a breakpoint now in line uh, 60, what the package builder now does with this first execution, it finds out nothing needs to be done. And it transfers the items out of the item group into the next level. The next level can be a new packaging group, but it can also be a new package hierarchy group. Um, and due to the fact that we are still in the in the mode where we tried out the full quantity, the next level um, is to try out the mixed package building not based on the full quantity palette. So after we have handled the result, uh, we will find uh, in the consolidation group that there is a new package hierarchy group that do not, uh, does not have the indicator um, full quantity mode. Okay, let me just, um, because I, I lost you there somehow. So we are, the first thing that we try to do is create a full package quantity we did not um, find the, the required quantity for that. And so in the same loop over the packaging group, it says we are not finished. We need. Do we then need another packaging group? Is this created or do we just then rerun the same packaging group with the mixed packaging logic? No, uh, a new package group is created. Okay, and this was created in, in this handle package group result. Correct. Okay, so that's how we actually make sure that we don't leave this logic and never come back. So yeah. it just recreates more work for itself, depending yeah. on, on, on what happens. But this first packaging group is already done. It's, it's to say it like that, forgotten. Mm -hmm. We just try it again with uh, another... Okay. Mm -hmm. And we go again. But the consolidation group is also done... We created a new packaging group, but do we also create a new consolidation no, group? No, the consolidation group never changes because this reflects the hard grouping. Uh, so an item can never jump between uh, consolidation groups and it cannot be assigned to a new consolidation group. What can change is all of the structures below. Okay, and maybe something also that, that, I, that I forgot to, to, to ask or mention is when we did this full package determination or whether it's also the mixed packaging, we do this on the item groups. So the, the item group is like the, the process item. Correct. Okay, but it's only reached until we actually go through all the packaging groups. Okay, and uh, the, because we said we have the first loop through the consolidation groups, and we do not recreate in a consolidation group, we will leave this first loop, but then hopefully uh, return for another loop for these consolidation groups? Correct. Okay. Okay. And this is, happens to be later on in the same method. Yeah. So it's recursive. So it always, it, it tries again. It tries again until all of the items that need to be processed yeah, kind of communicate back, we are finished. So either we didn't find the result or we are already done on the lower level of the of the packaging. Okay, and just to maybe also mention, this seems to be then um, triggered by this variable where this, it says whether there is a next level to be processed. So if, if there's any consolidation group that uh, does not have the status uh, I'm finished, the package builder will try again.
And is there the danger of an endless uh, loop? Is it something that may happen if we construe an example like that? I hope not, because this would be very, very critical. Um, and uh, in the method itself, consolidate groups, it should the coding should be as robust as possible to make sure that such a situation cannot occur. Okay, so we um, called it the, our same method again recursively, and uh, as mentioned, we have uh, the first loop again. We loop through the consolidation groups. We and still now have the same consolidation groups, but... And now we can take a look into the package hierarchy groups in line 8. And we see we started with one mm -hmm. that was actually representing please package builder try to put me onto a pallet using the full quantity mode. Uh, we didn't find a result here. Now we have a new package hierarchy group expressing package builder please put me onto a pallet, not using the full quantity mode, applying the settings that I've made in the package building profile. Can be layer-based, can be volume-based, can be detailed max package building-based. Okay, and the difference between the two groups is, I mean, at least from the input or from the content of the item groups is probably exactly the same? It can be exactly the same if the first Uh, processing would yeah, have sure. created a result, it would have reduced the item quantity and if an item can be completely processed using this package hierarchy group, it would not be handed over into the new group. In our case, yep. we have just the, the same, same one yep. case, yep. but we do have uh, differences in, in the other um, parameters or indicators. For example, as you mentioned, the consolidation status is finished for the same group, which means also it will never be reprocessed. And, and our current uh, or our unfinished group is something that will, uh, I assume, now be processed. Right. And, and you see all of this is handled using the very same code. Mm -hmm. So it, it is uh, crucial to understand that uh, all of those grouping logics, all of those items can go together, cannot go together, should stay together, uh, is handled in here. So it's important to understand that the package builder always applies the same logic independently on which mode it currently uh, works on. And also interesting that this, I mean, this looks like a, right, uh, a very core logic of the packaging or the package builder. And I notice also we do not offer some enhancement points at, at these critical stages. That's um, also something maybe also for you listeners, if you have projects where you want to um, adjust the logic so this is not something that, that should be done at these places. Correct. I mean, this is the data model and the processing based on the data model that is so crucial for the robustness of the engine itself. It cannot be adjusted. What potentially can be adjusted if I analyze the result of one of the packaging groups and decide do I need to hand it over either to the next packaging group or to the next level of the of the packaging, there would be the capability to adjust the processing of the result itself. But the structure from the data processing and from the data model should not be touched at all. And it's generic enough that, I mean, it, it actually is what the package build is supposed to do, so there is no, no sense in adjusting this logic. Um, yes. So now we are in the not full quantity mode and uh, if, we, if we go into the packaging groups in line 20 and we go down, uh, we figured out the package builder and you mentioned can it happen that we run into an endless loop, the package builder in, in this coding always checks do I really need to process you? Are you finished or are you not finished? And if you're not finished, then uh, it will go into the functional pieces. It will also uh, figure out um, which level it needs to be applied. And now we go into line 60, mm -hmm. where we now know no full quantity mode. Now the settings will be applied. And this is all done in the consolidate items method. So the first thing from a logical point of view, if there are 
layer definitions made and remember you can define the layer unit of measure in the product package type assignment and the item itself. It has definitions for this unit of measure in the alternative unit of measure definitions of the material. The package builder will always apply it. So it doesn't matter if the optimizer is activated or not. It will try to create full layers of all of the items that are in there. It will try to stack those layers and if those layers create a palette that completely utilizes one of the limits that are defined for the palette and most importantly maybe the height and if you have said my mixed palette um, should have a height of 1.5 meters and you stack uh, the package builder stacks all of the layers of the different items and it reaches 1.5 meters then no other alternative packaging option or mode could create a better result. So it will do that, but if there is space on top, um, it will not create this result because then maybe a combination with the optimizer or the volume based can better utilize this palette. So it's not that we either apply layer or volume or mixed package building, we always apply first the layer logic and then it's a or. Then we apply the volume-based mixed package building or the detailed mixed package building mode. But the layer, if the definition has been made, is always applied. Okay. And if we cannot build this package with layers, we discard this or right. do not um, consider this for the further processing. We start from, from the beginning for this group. Okay. But really, if the limit is hit exactly, then it's taken over. Okay. Good. So, and then the, the, the next one would be the differentiation between the consolidation tab that you just mentioned. Right. So, in line nine of this method, uh, consolidate items, uh, it's uh, decided, do I work, I, I think, more abstract, uh, I simply calculate the volume and uh, fill uh, the items without the exact item positioning into or onto the palette. Um, but we have selected a package building profile where the optimizer is activated. So now we prepare the optimizer core by checking which items are in the packaging group that we are currently processing. We are mapping it into uh, the format of uh, the items that the package builder optimizer can understand and also all of the settings that are required. We check what is the target package material to tell the optimizer what is actually the capacity that you have to put those items in. Uh, but what we do not do here we do not call the optimizer itself because there can be multiple parallel packaging groups currently that should be processed by the optimizer. And again, for performance reasons, we only want to do a single optimizer call. As I've explained, for the application, for example, the transportation management, we only want to do, even if we have multiple business documents, a single package builder call. And now one level further down we only want to do one package builder optimizer call if this is possible even if we have multiple separated items mm -hmm. so we prepare the input here for the optimizer and but we do not store the input directly for the packaging group it is done in a separate table but we do have the link somehow we have uh, right we have a, a, a pbo call id per packaging group, so the packaging group knows I should now be executed using the package builder optimizer. I know the ID that the data that I have supplied to the package builder optimizer is for example one or two. The package builder optimizer can then process all of those items at once, even if they are separated, uh, I would say problems. Um, it gives back the results and then in the later point in time after the package builder has been called for one or multiple different problems, this is then mapped back into the package uh, packaging group using the PBO call ID. Okay, great. And if and there is something mixed up, then of course, uh, to give a bad example, uh, it would yeah, pass the wrong results of the optimizer into a group where the items actually do not match. But that should, of course, not happen. 
Okay, and assuming that we now have determined so some input for this optimizer, we then we are finishing, of course, the loop for this packaging group, but we do not set it to finished. Yeah, because the optimizer has not yet been called. So this packaging group knows I have now prepared the optimizer call, but it's not executed. I do not know the results yet. So I tell this big loop in the consolidate uh, group that I'm not finished. So you need to execute this functionality again that I can analyze the result of the package builder optimizer and say it's a sufficient result or not. So we know in our example now further processing is required. Okay, so we exit this consolidation group loop and then before calling ourselves again for the next level processing, do we now call the, the optimizer in this place? Okay, so we do not wait until uh, the next consolidation group. We just know we have input for the optimizer which we can use to call. If there would have been a second parallel consolidation group, it would have potentially also created some package builder optimizer input. So in, in uh, the method consolidate groups, remember we process each consolidation group completely separated. And if, if, if there would have been two groups, both saying I currently require a package builder optimizer call, all of this would be passed into uh, the internal table CTPB optimizer data and now multiple calls could be executed at once. Which are handled separate problems yep. because they correspond to different consolidation groups. Okay, so uh, we call now the optimizer, we have the result. Mm -hmm. And if you take a look into uh, this internal table, you find what we have actually supplied to the optimizer as the input. So you find the capacity, you find the demand, but now you also find the result of that. So you find the load list and the load properties where the optimizer tells us, I put this instance of one of the items onto this pallet at this position. So this is really the detailed result uh, considering all of the physical aspects, uh, dimensions, stacking, and whatever we uh, also have there. Uh, so this is really the result. And now we are at the stage where we know there are packaging groups, in our example only one, waiting for the optimizer result. We have now executed the optimizer itself and now we need to hand over the result back into the packaging group. And all of this is also again done in the very same method in the consolidate groups. Okay, understood. And I mean, for the PBO logic and, and structures, this is something for an, an entirely another episode. But it maybe is enough to say now that the that the structures as input and output from the PBO is even more generic than the ones that we have in the package builder. So we only talk about demands and capacities, and and that's good because it, it allows us to to abstract this uh, even further. But um, we won't go into more specifics of of the logic or how do we prepare or handle the result other than uh, maybe a few comments from now on. So now if you continue the debugging, we go again into consolidate groups, handle the consolidation group separate. Um, drill the down. same consolidation group, of course, yes. Mm -hmm. Sure. Go down, we find the currently to be processed packaging group. The packaging group knows that it's not finished it knows that it's waiting for a package builder optimizer um, result in line 37, I think, is, mm -hmm. the, um, uh, is the criteria. And now we go into the method handle PBO results. So we extract the relevant result data out of the package builder optimizer call. And now we hand it into the packaging group, analyze it, and... Since there is no other item available, I would expect that this is, of course, the final result. So it doesn't make sense uh, to go uh, climb up the material hierarchy. It doesn't uh, make any sense to get rid of any soft grouping here because there is nothing else. Okay, so let me just ask here. The package group, we have the same packaging group as the before, so we have in total two. 
the first one was finished, it was the full package, which was not uh, used. And now here, after handling the result from the PBO, um, we have written something to the packaging group to um, to store this result, or at what point does this uh, get taken over to our final result table? So we find in this uh, packaging group, uh, for example, the packages created. So in our example, only one, but it can potentially be more. Uh, with all of the attributes, so how high is it, how much does it weigh, um, and so you can take a look after each consolidation step what was actually the, 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 the final result for this item group. Um, and then uh, it goes into uh, the very same method that we have already touched uh, on, the handle packaging group uh, result method. I don't know from the top of my head the exact name of the method, so if you go back. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it's handle packaging group result. And within that method, it is decided, am I finished? So am I a is a package a valid end result that is handed back to the application or do I need further processing? And this is pretty complicated because it respects all of uh, the soft groupings, the hard groupings. It respects how many different items do I have in there, how many different business partners are in there. Uh, but basically, the result of that is, do I need to continue or am I done? Okay. And um, looking at the result from this handle packaging group result, we actually see that our result table has increased by two further entries, the mixed package or the incomplete package and the missing or the outstanding single case that we were still um, missing in our packaging yep. hierarchy. Okay. Yep. And if we, so now the packaging group says, I have taken over all of the results, so I am finished. Mm -hmm. I did not create a new packaging group because there was no reason to do so. Then the next level is the packaging hierarchy group knows, well, I only contained one packaging group. This group now tells me I'm finished, so I'm also finished. And then this cascades up until also the consolidation group knows well, all of the packaging hierarchy groups that I contain are finished, so I'm also finished. Looks a little bit complicated, but you also have to always keep in mind uh, we are running... Uh, scenarios where all of those levels can be on different states. Understand. And okay. now, now we, uh, we are back in the method consolidate groups. And, and as just I to point out, we are in the stack um, of our ABAP stack. We are in the third consolidate groups call. And now we will go up and out yeah and since this is a recursive logic so if you debug a more realistic scenario containing multiple items where soft and hard groupings are actually activated uh, this can be much deeper so you can find there 20 30 100 recursive cores of this very same method mm -hmm. and this is not an error of course it's important to know when you're finished so it, it should come back Uh, but basically, it's not an error that um, in the course that we see so many uh, of those method calls. And it has not caused problems from a performance point of view. No, no, so no. it's. Uh, it, I, I mean, recursive, uh, recursive calls are, of course, can be dangerous, but they are, of course, also accepted uh, implementation logic to be applied uh, if it's sufficient and reasonable to do so. Okay, nifty and great, super. So we have then um, exited all our recursive calls and are back again in our execute consolidation, which is also finished. So and now, remember, we first had the data access logic, then we had the functional processing of the package building. We are done now with that. And now comes only the post-processing, what is basically a result mapping, uh, collecting all of the required attributes um, to hand it over in a yeah nice way to the application itself. That's great. So in the end, we do have our existing or exporting table with the new 
items, which in this case are three, of course. We have the two packages and the one split off quantity of one case. And our current or existing um, item was then taken over into the changed items table. And it's called changed because it was packaged. That's one of the reasons. And the other, of course, is that the quantity was then reduced also to 100. With the item status, as mentioned in the previous episode, we can also quickly determine whether an item was created um, or just modified or left unchanged. And um, then we are back again to our calling report and have our very nice result. Good. I think this is a very nice walkthrough based on our debugging. Of yeah, this I, example. Also, I also think we touched all of the relevant data model aspects. We also touched all of the steps that actually the package builder applies. So full quantity mode, layer mode. How does it process the result? So I think it's a good starting point if you want to uh, dig into the, the logic even for a more complex scenario. Because you have seen, independently of how many items are there and how uh, is, the, is the structure, it actually always executes the very same code. Very cool. This means that for our next episode, we will probably not look into the detail of these, um, of what we have seen today. As Marcus mentioned, it's a good starting point. What we probably will do, we still have to think about it, we will look at the enhancements points because this means that, that for you and, and your customers or for you as customers, you can then um, start to handle or tweak the the results that you want to get from the package builder. And I think this will be a very valuable episode and we have now laid the groundwork for this. You have now understood, um, hopefully, what uh, will be happening in the package builder. And after the next episode, you will hopefully also understand how you can adjust and uh, tweak the results. So we will call it for now a day. Thank you, Marcus, um, for your valuable input as always. Thank you, dear listeners, and we hope to hear, uh, we hope that you listen to us in our next episode of this TM Podcast Black Belt Edition in our Package Builder series. Bye bye. Until next time, bye bye.